We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. So happy to be with you here today. So is the way you're looking at your relationships and life working for you? Do you feel happy, whole, peaceful, and loving? If not, my show today is devoted to you. We're here to talk about a shifting consciousness from fear to love, changing the lens of perception in our lives. And when we do this, everything changes. Everything gets better. Everything transforms in positive and powerful ways. And not just for ourselves, but for family and friends and perhaps all of humanity. Here to have this conversation with us and to share more about how we can make this shift is my guest and expert, Robert O. Williams. Robert taught music and recorded and performed with such artists as the Beach Boys, Paul Horn, and Charles Lloyd. In 1979, the direction of life Robert's life changed drastically after having a near-death experience. He began to devote his time and energy towards researching consciousness, conventional physics, and medicine. Today, Robert is a well-respected expert in the study of subtle energy engineering and has provided scientific breakthroughs in field-based technologies, consciousness, and human potential. Robert's research has been published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine and the Journal of Subtle Energy and Energy Medicine. He's been a guest lecturer at UC Irvine and the Tau Sophie, Sophia College of Alternative Medicine in Maryland. Robert has also recently written a wonderful book called Love is the Power, Moving Humanity from Fear to Love. In his book, Robert describes how his journey vacillated from one direction to another, eventually leaving him struggling for his life and then experiencing unexpected revelations that through various means has now improved the quality of life for millions of people. So Robert, thank you so much for being here with us today on Empower Radio. Tammy, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I just want to start with a little bit of your backstory because your journey is pretty fascinating. And uh, your book is is amazing. And I want to know how it came into being. So if you could just give a little bit of a, a story about how you ended up where you are now. The book uh, just kind of wrote itself. And I never really had that. Uh, I was going to be an author. I never had that desire or intention. Uh, one of the things that I have been tracking as you mentioned earlier, is just the, the growth in human consciousness and the, the symptoms of higher, uh, higher states of, of awareness, higher states of interactivity with our fellow humans. And in the, let's, let's say, like 10 years ago, had I said that I had a near-death experience or that I grew up seeing auras or that I had this and that odd experience, um, the, the reception would have been, and I, and I actually experienced this, very, very uh, small. There wasn't an openness. There wasn't an eagerness to talk about metaphysical things. Mm-hmm. So in the last two years, that seems to, for me anyway, that, that changed. And uh, 
kind of a, a core uh, group of friends said, come on, Robert, you've got to just write this book. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, though, when I started to write, I, I never have written before uh, in this way. I just got out of the way, and it, like I said, it just wrote itself. And so there were actual moments where it wasn't me. I'm not saying that I was a channel or out of body or anything like that, but it was a creative flow that I felt mm-hmm. um, the whole of human consciousness was communicating. And it was so profound that I couldn't write it in the first person. So you might have remembered mm-hmm. there's, there's places of italics that go inside. Yes. And those words, I believe, were from mass consciousness or from the, the greater part of ourselves that I was um, humbled to convey. So that's, I think that's why the book was written. Yes, yeah. And I would agree with you. I really liked the italicized parts. And, and my experience of it as a reader was that you were um, a conduit. You were yeah. just like allowing the wisdom to flow through you and onto the paper. And um, yeah, I really liked reading those parts because it felt like a personal message to me. Yeah. It wasn't just yeah. your story. It was a message for humanity. Right. It was all of our personal stories collectively. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And I really do think that uh, what you write about and are talking about and teaching about and living is, is what we're all trying to do in our own way is to transition from the experience of fear and disconnection to the experience of love and connection and co-creation. And, and I think we're all on the journey of a hero, of the hero in our own way. Um, and something you write about that I found very interesting and I want to talk a little bit more about you say that there's a very thin layer of interference, a veil, or maybe we can even call it protection between the mind and consciousness. And what I feel is happening for me personally, and a lot of us that are wanting to go higher in our consciousness, is the thinning of this veil. Is that what you're experiencing? Absolutely. Yes. So what we're talking about is the the... Um, dilemma that we're faced as separate human consciousness. Mm-hmm. And the, I say it's a dilemma, but the, the, uh, uh, the other side is that it's a, it's a great gift that we have. We have our personal stories, we have our personal thoughts and emotions, and uh, we have our universal realities and the infinite love that was prior to any of those thoughts and emotions and anything that I call personal. So there's both and. And if the veil wasn't there, then the you could say the full potential of consciousness on planet Earth uh, wouldn't have been able to get to this point mm-hmm. and will not be able to get to the the living reality of the heart without that veil. Nevertheless, the veil can be identified with, uh, with practice, meaning, um, let me just put it this way. When it, for, most of the time when I was growing up, I was either running away from something or running towards something. Mm-hmm. I was, I was uh, afraid of certain things, you know. We all have fears, afraid of judgment and all the other, and then I was running towards what I perceived as something that will make me 
that would make me more comfortable. And I think we all get caught up in that. We, we start the day with, okay, I'm gonna, I want to accomplish these things or I want to avoid these list of things. Now, the veil uh, is thinner these days by, by the very fact that we can stop and say, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And ask those questions. What am mm-hmm. I running towards? Or what am I pursuing in this moment? And what am I resisting in this moment? Mm-hmm. And that actually, that question begins to pierce the veil and un- unveil the, the prior reality or the, the more whole reality of that unbounded love. And then once that realization is, uh, and we all have it from time to time, we can talk more about that, but once that realization becomes common, then we re-enter the so-called dilemma. When will I have enough, and when will I be safe enough that I don't have to uh, run away from anything? And this could be running away from our past, running away from regret, running away from our pain, and running towards what we feel, you know, accomplishment or all those things. But we re-enter that. We don't, we don't dismiss it. It doesn't disappear. So the, the dynamism of our lives actually increase within these polarized motivations to run away or to run towards. But we re-enter with that. Uh, it actually... Our life becomes a, um, a joy from the heart, even in, yes. in the pursuit of um, comfort, therefore getting rid of pain or moving away from pain. It becomes a, a joy because that heart consciousness is and always will be never, never um, uh, touched in a negative it's never um, it's never destroyed it's never even uh, lessened what lessens or what decreases the the joy what decreases the reality of heart consciousness is not understanding that that veil is there and not understanding that the thoughts and words and emotions are subordinate they're they're like servants to our, our hearts. And, and that's a, a, when that realization occurs, you go right back into life. And over time, then, what I've found and what I've found with a lot of people is that over time, things do actually change in the physical and in relationships and in, you know, your bank account and all the other things that we've, we've been pursuing. Mm-hmm. But they change with some kind of a... Uh, infinite source that works way beyond our personal capabilities and works way beyond what our analytical functions can figure out. So that there, you know, the veil is, is our uh, friend at this point and it only becomes an obstacle if we don't recognize it. Yes. And, and my personal intention, again, you know, it, it was like you, I started asking the really big questions and it was pain that uh, kind of brought me to my knees and, and encouraged me or inspired me to have those uh, conversations and, and, you know, ask the bigger questions to that something greater. And I really do believe when we ask the questions, the answers can be uh, perceived and the teachers 
show up. Absolutely. And it is pain that tends to be the universal great awakener. And as I've taken responsibility for my personal journey, and I love what you're saying, I think, and I've said this myself, we're either running from ourselves or to ourselves. Mm. And to me, that's why my show is called Journey to Center. It's about coming back to ourselves and aligning yeah. uh, with our heart and soul and piercing the veil and bringing heaven to earth. And nobody can do it for us. We have to take our personal journey. And my intention is to you know, inspire people to say yes to this for themselves. And that was my experience of reading your book and listening to you speak. It's like, you know, you're sharing your story, but it's also opening our minds and inspiring us to do this for ourselves because nobody can hand it to us. Nobody can right. do the work for us. We need to take personal responsibility for it. Um, and something you wrote in your book that was so helpful, I wish I would have read this years ago when I was in a lot of discomfort and confusion. You say, when you're confronted with difficult decisions that you know will have major consequences, there are specific universal laws of the heart which you are seeking and which are seeking you. And it's love, devotion, and surrender. Can you talk a little bit, Robert, about how these universal laws of the heart can really support us in in opening more fully to love and stepping more fully into our power and taking responsibility for that greater relationship? That question may be one of the most important questions um, in this history of humanity right now. Mm -hmm. Because what we, we have been taught to do, or what the cultures for a long time have ingrained in the, uh, in, the, in the activity of the mind, and I would say more so than ever in the last hundred years, that the mind will continue to seek resolution with mental dialogue. And so the mind wants to answer its own questions. And so the mind says, how can I get into a better relationship? I'm tired of these patterns. And that's a thought. Those are internal, <laughs> internal conversations we have. And then the mind comes in and says, oh, you need to create a checklist, or you need to avoid this type of man or woman, or you need to do this. And so there, right there, the mind has answered its own, its own question. What I've found is that anything that is um, only from the mental dialogue inside is, can at best be a temporary solution. So at some point, our, our minds actually realize that it doesn't have the answers, although it tries desperately. I'm in my 12th relationship, or I'm in my 12th month of this illness, and everything I've tried to do is not working. Mind, tell me what else to do. And then, this is the key, when we start to really feel confusion. That's a, a doorway. When we are resting with our confusion and we say, I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. How many times have we all been there? We either have a doorway back into, oh, what we'll do is try something new. And the mind comes in or a book that we've read or somebody said this and that. Temporary relief, hopefully. But when you stay with that confusion and when you allow the confusion, um, 
your energy actually begins to change its, its, its um, relationship to your soul. And the energetic relationship with our soul or with the infinite part of ourselves has to be through the heart. And the pathway to the heart has to be begun from a state of confusion. Mm-hmm. Because if it was begun with a state of knowingness, mental knowingness or a, mm-hmm. a thought, mm-hmm. then it's not the heart. So we go, we go into that place of confusion. We, we actually welcome confusion. Okay, I'm confused. I feel confused. And sometimes we're desperate and sometimes we're in despair. And as we surrender into that, as we surrender, we, we're, we're not attempting to get out of that state of confusion. We're not even attempting to get out of the pain. We, we don't negate our desire to be comfortable. We don't negate our desire to be happy. But we recognize that that state of confusion is a path. It is a, it's a symptom that we're getting closer to our hearts. Our minds, you could say, are up in our brains. We feel our, our consciousness there behind our eyes, maybe, you know, literally. Or in other places, we feel our, our sense of self there. But as we approach the heart, we, go, we have to let go of those identities and those stories that have been valid up to this point, perhaps. And then the confusion begins to expand. It, we become more and more confused. It could be two minutes or two years, but the confusion will expand, and then something miraculous changes. Something changes miraculously, I should say. And that is, we begin to realize that there is a place, there is a location of our true identity that is, is not affected by those things we were running away from or those things we were running towards. That that place, that, that true heart space, um, reveals itself and it, it, it is there when we surrender. What, what, are we, what are we surrendering? We're surrendering our quest. We're surrendering our agendas. We're surrendering our resistances. And then as if um, a child, when an infant cries, it's, it's already in that state of surrender. If, for, or for parents, we know... After our child is born, there's, a, there's a, uh, a long period where the child is completely open, completely without its personal agenda other than I'm, i got to eat. Or, you know. So the child cries, but the response is the mother's love and the father's love. But let's just, the mother's love is always there unconditionally. I know there's some few tragic exceptions, but the program for mother's love the, the field of information, the blueprint for mother's love doesn't have to be taught, doesn't have to be learned. I'm not talking about techniques of parenting, but just that love. So the infant comes to the mother's heart. It's crying. It comes to the mother's heart. And the mother's heart automatically engages in unconditional love to the child. And it is not a mental thing. So we, we, to... to kind of humor it up when the child is 
crying, the mother doesn't say, well, let's see. What's in it? What's in it for me? <laughs> what's, what's the deal here? You know, what, what am I going to get out of this? If I give, what, you know, it's ridiculous. We, we know that uh, mothers and fathers don't, don't ask those questions. And there is an example of what is possible on the planet, by the way, as a society. But let's keep on this track. So there's unconditional love that, re, that has always been there. And it's active now because there's a child at the mother's heart. The child at the mother's heart reveals that the unconditional love has always been there. And that field of unconditional love didn't start with one person being born in 1970-whatever, you know, and then she has a child, and then there's unconditional love. The unconditional field of love is everywhere present and always there and reveals yes. itself when the, when, uh, you could say, when the mind is, is confused enough or when the heart is full enough that it can't help it. That's where the, the cup over, overfloweth, as we've read. It, it's yes. That love is so great within ourselves that we can't hold back. We, we can't, con- you know, it is going to go out to our child and eventually to all others. Now, does it mean we, we are without boundaries? It doesn't mean we're without our intelligence for our safety and for responsible actions with all kinds of things that we are confronted with in life. And, you know, if, if somebody runs in my house and threatens my wife or daughter, uh, I am still in this consciousness of love, but, and I've actually experienced this, but I'm not going to, oh, this is a burglar, I love him, we're all one. You know, we're all in infinity together. No, no you have your boundaries different. and you know how to protect yourself. And you know, that it actually, the, mm-hmm. the, the, it becomes even more fierce and more mm-hmm. directed because it's not in a hysterical right. response from the mind. Yeah, it's more empowered. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have to, you know, close the door and whatever is required to attain our own or to regain our own safety and comfort. But this secret that you mentioned, I still chill when I think about it, when I realize that confusion is a sign we're going in the right direction, not that yeah, we're going like the in the wrong direction. It's like the mind is being scrambled so we can yeah. set the intention for clarity or open our hearts. And, exactly. and I remember it so well on my path when I felt so confused. And instead of running from it or trying to um, control it, I finally opened my heart and settled into that. And you know, prayed for my intention, which was clarity and connection, which was, it changed everything. So it really was for me an important part of the path. Which is why your show is called Journey to the Center. So we begin to naturally, you know, that the term Dharma or our our gifts to others, our gifts of our personal incarnation, begin to reveal themselves effortlessly um, when we are in that place of surrender, when we're in that place of the heart. So it, it, it's kind of like everything begins to show ourselves. Everything begins, let me see if I can say this right. All life experience begins to reflect what is uh, a valid reality from moment to moment and what we are here to do, what we are here to receive, what we are here for. So that sense of... Um, 
I have to get it all figured out. I have to know. So one of, one of the tests, who am I? If I say I'm Robert Williams and I was born in 1954 and I have all these stories, which, of course, most of those or some of them are in my book, if I, if I, really, know, if I really believe that that is it, then I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to You're going to live a, a very limited life. Right. And I will reach, a, at some point, I will reach a dark night of the soul because that's not our purpose for our lifetime is to, is to uh, signify our personal stories as the answer for life on this planet. It is right. a vehicle. Right. It is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way in which that infinite love can be expressed, but it's not the goal. Yeah, we are not here to play small. We are not here to be limited. We are here to remember the truth of who we are, which is love. So, Robert, we only have like a minute left here, if you can believe it. This has been the fastest show ever. The tail end of that one question. So if we answer, I don't know, then we're on the right path. Instead of, I am Robert with all these stories. I wanted to get that in there. So we can open to that greater knowing. We have to not know to open to the greater knowing. So, Robert, I want you to do a shout out and let people know where they can find you, where they can get a copy of your book and learn more about what you're teaching with, which I think is so fabulous. It's so awesome. So can you tell people where to find you? Loveisthepower.com. Loveisthepower.com. And you can get the book there, and there's all kinds of other things on that website. So much good stuff. And I'm so glad you've agreed to do a second show with us um, for next week because there's so much more I want to talk to you. I got to like two questions and I have about 37. So I may need you for more than two shows. <laughs> I'd be happy to do a show with you, however many and as long as it takes. Really there's so much I want to talk to you about. I just think what Let's you're saying it. is um, so remarkable and so right on track. And I'm target. I'm really resonating with your message. And to my listeners, I'm so grateful for your presence in my life. I love doing this show and having these conversations, but what makes it really incredible and rich and rewarding is being in touch with you. So get in, get a hold of me, TammyBPhD.com, that's spelled with an I, or Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram, and let's continue the conversation. You're in my heart. You're in my prayers. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now. <laughs>